This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas and strategies for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why it's a good idea to rethink our daily routines, and we'll talk about listeners' answers to the question, what are the signs that you're entering Obliger Rebellion? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I am away from my usual office. I am in beautiful Montana, outside Big Timber. And joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I'm in my office in Encino, holding it down. (laughs) It's easier when both of us aren't traveling at once, that's for sure. Yes. Before we launch in, one update. I am getting the impression from what I'm hearing from readers that a lot of book clubs are reading my book, Life in Five Senses, together. Sometimes families are reading it together, but it seems like this is a thing book clubs are doing together, which, of course, delights me. I am in many book clubs myself, and I love the idea that one of my books would be under discussion. I sometimes will get requests from someone in a book club who's getting a personalized signed book plate for everyone in their book club as sort of a surprise, which is very nice. And if you would like to do that, I am happy to do it. I can only do it for U.S. and Canada, unfortunately, because of mailing. You can sign up for signed book plates at happiercast.com slash book plate. And you can tell me the names of the people and where I will mail these. These are actual physical book plates that I will mail to you. So go to happiercast.com slash book plate 
and get all the information about what I need to get those sent to you. It's a nice surprise that people give for their book club. So I get a big kick out of playing my part. Yes. And thanks for reading it. It's nice to hear people are enjoying it. (laughs) I love that. So this week, our Try This at Home suggestion is to rethink our daily routines. And why is this something we should do, Gretch? Well, you know, our routines make our lives. Our routines are a reflection of our habits. And if our routines work for us, we are just much more likely to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. About 40% of everyday life is made up of habits. And so, you know, and things change. And so taking a moment to rethink our routines and make sure that they are everything they could be is a way to make sure that our lives are working for us in the best way possible. Yeah. And now, I mean... For me, as school starts, this is a great time to rethink routine. Well, one thing is school starts, children get older. And so what they can do and what they need changes, our own lives change, your work changes, maybe your work going to work or work from home patterns have changed. So other routines have to change. Um, Sometimes your values change. Maybe you are really excited about recycling and composting. And so your routine has to change to reflect that or you're getting much more committed to exercising. Sometimes situations change or values change, but our routines don't keep up. Because once something's Mm. in a routine, it's very easy to just take it for granted and not rethink it. Yeah, I know for me, I just need to have a bedtime routine. And I think we have talked about bedtime routines many times, and I still feel like I don't have one. I mean, yes, I always brush my teeth, Yeah, but I don't have that methodical thing where I brush my teeth, I floss my teeth. I do my face creams. You know, I don't have that. And I know I would benefit from it. Well, and also what research shows is that when you have that, that helps you fall asleep more quickly because you're signaling your body, okay, this is the kind of NASA-like countdown ritual that we go through. Yes, exactly. And it, it helps you prepare. And it's funny how sometimes a little change in routine can make your life a lot easier. A friend of mine was just telling me this, And I I thought this was hilarious because if you ever read parenting advice about helpful routines, this is the one that they always say. It's like the most conventional wisdom is have your children lay out their clothes the night before because it will make the morning so much easier. And so my friend has a first grader and she said, sure, she'd heard that. But a friend of hers was like, yeah, we're actually doing this and it's actually making a change. And so she tried it and she was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. Hmm. It's such a better way to have a routine. And she was very surprised by how big a difference it made. It was a pretty small change, but it made a big difference. And and so I think as much as we sometimes hear like, oh, have a bedtime routine, or it's easy not to do it or not to rethink it as our lives change. Yeah. Now, Gretchen, I have a question for listeners Mm. in the routine world. Okay. So part of my morning routine has been dealing, of course, with Jack's routine. Okay. So my son is 13 years old and a big part of my morning is dealing with him, getting Mm. him up, getting him fed, getting him ready for school. And my question is, when is the time when he needs to just get himself up and get his clothes and get into the bathroom to brush his teeth and all of that? 
on his own, where his alarm goes off and he gets up and I'm not sitting there checking on him every five minutes, you know, pushing and prodding. Yes. I'm very curious what people think, because I I feel like people are all over the map in terms of how they deal with this. Yes. So some people will say, you absolutely should be able to do this. Others will say, oh, teenagers need their sleep, and so, of course, teenagers have to be rousted out of bed. It's probably different. You have to know your kid. But this is a good question. It's a, it's a wonderful day. I don't remember when it was for Eliza and Eleanor, but I just it is great when you're just—I'll see you in the kitchen when I'm pouring myself a cup of coffee and you're wandering through, and they're doing it on their own. That is a great day, but I can't remember when that happened. <laughs> yeah, because it's hard to have a routine when I'm constantly interrupting yes. it to uh, check on him. Well, and it's interesting, like, when we got our dog Barnaby, how much my morning routines had to change ah. because of that. I mean, I'm sure your morning routine also involves your dogs. The minute you sort of feel like you've got it figured out, usually something's changing. Or even like the way, Elizabeth, you were telling me about how because of the weather, you couldn't hike. So the weather can right. affect our routines. You might have a winter routine and a summer routine. So here's the thing that I, I and maybe this is the upholder in me that it just really gravitates to regularity and predictability and doing things the exact same way all the time is I feel like my problem is not following through with routines, but not rethinking routines when they aren't serving me well. Mm-hmm. And being able to say like, oh, maybe if I walked Barnaby first thing, instead of waiting an hour, my whole morning would be smoother. Or maybe if I did my hardest work mid-morning instead of first thing in the morning, maybe that's actually when I'm more mentally alert to just notice how things may change or there might be a better way to do something instead of just sort of getting locked into like, this is the way I've always done it. And it just feels so good for things to unfold smoothly. But Elizabeth, you got me to floss because of your whole thing about trying to do evening flossing. I hadn't been flossing at all. And so I had to get that into my routine, but now it's locked in there. So You being an upholder, you'll floss every day the rest of your life. But the thing is, it fell out of my routine for like 25 years. Right. So how did that happen? It's easy to, you know, forget what's there and what's not there. And you can make a change that makes a big difference. I know Happier in Hollywood, we had a listener who put a coffee machine like in her bedroom. Oh. And that changed her whole morning routine. There you go. Yes. So examine what's working and what's not, and you may be able to enhance your life. Yes, and send us. Send us your suggestions because this is a place where we can all learn from each other. What are these little tweaks that you've made or things that you've noticed fell out or could come in? Let us know on Instagram threads, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast.gretchenmovement.com. As always, you can go to the show notes. For every episode, you can go to the show notes by just knowing the number of the episode. This is happiercast.com dot com slash four four six for everything related to this episode. All right, coming up we have an extremely practical happiness hack. But first this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. 
And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. And this is one of those little things that can make life easier. Yes, this is so, so, so small. It's not even really about happiness, but I would say it it, it can lessen frustration, which is if you're having trouble untying a knot, let's say you have necklaces that are tangled together. What I often would try to do was to untangle them, like figure out, loop it through there and pull it through there. No, don't do that. Pull the loops wider and looser. Just pull what's tight. Try to make it as loose and open as possible. And then it's much, much easier to see how to untangle the knot. So this is very little, but I have found myself using it often ever since I learned this. So I thought I would pass that along. That is a good tip. And I have to say, I have learned to just be so vigilant about not getting them tangled because (laughs) it is so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Avoid it altogether. I've taken necklaces to a jewelry shop before and had to have them untangled. So Professionally. (laughs) Yes. Yes, professionally. And now for a four tendencies tip. This is about Obliger Rebellion, and we won't go into the whole four tendencies framework, but if you want to know if you're an upholder, questioner, obliger, or rebel, you can take the quiz at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. The biggest group for both men and women is obliger. That's the group that the biggest number of people belong to. Elizabeth, you are a proud obliger. I am an obliger. And so one of the patterns that you see with obligers is that when obligers feel exploited, overtaxed, unappreciated, neglected, ignored, or when the weight of expectations feels unbearable for them, they begin to feel a mounting anger and resentment. And if these feelings continue, if these expectations continue to press down on them, their anger will build to the bursting point and then they rebel. And so it's sort of like, I will do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and bang, now I won't do it. And sometimes that's small, like I'm not going to answer your emails for two weeks, but sometimes it's really big, like quitting a job. And so if you don't know about Obliger Rebellion, this behavior can feel very mysterious. It feels like it's happening out of the blue obligers themselves will say they're acting out of character. They don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. To the people around them, they're like, everything seemed fine. And then we have one little conversation and now a 20-year friendship is over. It's very mysterious and upsetting. But if you know about obliger rebellion, if you can feel that it's coming, you can head it off. You can take action to address these feelings of anger and resentment and exploitation and being ignored and all that. So because Obliger Rebellion is such an important pattern, and it's all over movies and TV, and I'll post Mm. links in the show notes if you want examples of it, it's really helpful to learn the warning signs. Because as I say, if you don't know about it, you might not realize that it's coming. But if you know know about it, Obligers start to say like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that it's coming. So I thought, I want to ask Obligers, how do you know that 
oblige a rebellion is approaching? What are the signs that you have that can signal to you that you are entering into the zone? And there were so many really helpful answers. And I think this is something that is really helpful to know if you are an obliger, but it's also helpful to know if you have any obligers in your life, which you certainly do because it's such a big group, because this pattern can be beneficial but it can also be destructive, and it's definitely something that you want to understand instead of just happening, having it wash over you. So I think it's really helpful to hear from listeners about how they key into the feeling of obliger rebellion. Yes. So let's dive in, Gretch. Kelly said, lack of motivation, lack of energy. I am like a stubborn horse who stops and won't move. Mm -hmm. I also do things that aren't in my best interest, rebellion against myself. The first sign for me is physical inertia. The first emotional clue is resentment. Okay, so that is a great summary. A lot of people talked mm. about lack of energy. Jennifer said, even things I am skilled at and enjoy feel like a burden. Or every text or email, even from friends with what's a usual or simple question, feels like too much mm. suddenly. There are those people who suddenly just are MIA on text chains. Yes. And I wonder yep. if that's a form of obliger rebellion. Mm-hmm. Andrea said, ha, I just experienced that today. A friend okay. called me saying she had no time to make a charcuterie board for her husband's birthday party. As this is my area of expertise, I would normally say I will do it as I know that was what she was hoping, but instead I directed her to another catering option. Well, that sounds like a very constructive form of a pleasure rebellion, yes. which is I'm choosing not to do it, but yeah, this is another way you can get it done. Christy, this is very vivid. She writes, a physical sensation of the walls closing in around me, tension in my shoulders and jaw, apathy, procrastination, or wasting time on my phone. Lots of warning signs there. Yeah, and again, that sort of apathy feeling. Yeah. Kelly said, for me, it's always anger, frustration, feeling overwhelmed, and lack of gold stars slash acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Usually, my rebellion is directed toward my family. I will suddenly and drastically stop doing or helping members with tasks that I previously didn't mind doing. Sometimes this triggers me to have conversations with my family, and sometimes it helps me set a boundary I didn't realize I was missing. Well, again, this is an example of the constructive or beneficial consequence of obliger rebellion, because this is leading to positive change. It doesn't always lead to positive change, but this is a good example of how it does sometimes lead to positive change, if you understand it and use it as it's intended to be used. Natalie says, the warning signs for me that I'm going to rebel are feeling put upon and not appreciated or respected. When I notice I'm traveling down this thought pattern, I have to stop and think why I'm feeling this way. Oftentimes, it's because my own inner expectations are pushing me on, not necessarily what someone else is expecting from me. This is a very, very important point. Obligers will sometimes imagine or assume that others are expecting things from them when, in fact, this just isn't the case. So somebody was like, well, everybody mm. in my office expects that I'm going to be the one to maintain the conference rooms. But she sort of stopped and examined that. She realized that she just let that idea grow that over on. her. Yeah, she took that on. And so sometimes stopping and saying, where is this expectation coming from? Is it truly coming from the outside or is this just something that I've projected? Susan says, procrastinating simple things is my tell. Mm, that's a helpful one. 
Sarah says, I get a lot of thinking like nobody cares anyway if I start worrying about being late or missing a deadline or not putting in 100% on a task. I pull away from people because being accessible to people means being asked to do stuff. Oh, okay. So this mm. is this is one pulling away, retreating. Again, that goes to me to the like person who suddenly drops off the text chain. It's yeah. like, I'm just not going to deal with anybody. Yes, right. Barb says, after a few events and comments, I realized that there was a lack of appreciation or respect by a couple of key stakeholders for what I had been doing in my practically full-time volunteer position. I would say that the warning signs were that I started getting feisty. I started looking for an exit door, and when I found it, I announced I would be done June 30th. So, Gretch, that's exactly what you were talking about with a pretty dramatic change. And this is a good example of why obligers are often outstanding employees, team members, leaders, because they're the people that go the extra mile. And this is a good example where in pure self-interest, you might want to watch out for Obliger Rebellion and make sure that those people do not feel exploited and taken advantage of and not acknowledged because here's somebody who's clearly extremely valuable and she's yeah. had it, she's had enough, she's walking out the door, and that's it. So it's a great example. Carolyn said, it took me a long time to realize I was in Obliger Rebellion. I was no longer able to do the things that I was obliging before. I am angry and frustrated. Even after explaining it to some others, a few just refused to believe. I have not totally blown up my life yet, but have come close several times. Okay, it's Ooh. building, it's building. Yeah. Jody said, I start isolating myself. Go into self-protection mode. Yeah. So again, that's that pulling away. Amy says, I do things to deliberately push the envelope in breaking whatever the ridiculous rule or whatever will annoy them. Mm, that's like getting a little rebel. That's interesting. Yeah, you're like getting a little mischievous there. Ginger says, before I rebel, the thing upsets me. But once I am in rebellion, I'm amazingly calm, but have a sense of relief and clarity. Boy, that's interesting. Yeah. Again, there are constructive outcomes for Obliger Rebellion, but not always. And so it's just something that we all want to understand and recognize and take account of. So I wrote a post about identifying and dealing with Obliger Rebellion, and I'll post a link to that in the show notes. And that includes some ideas for how to deal with it once it starts. That's a question that a lot of people have. But anyway, this was absolutely fascinating. You know, this is something that comes up all the time, Obliger Rebellion, because again, it's a very common pattern once you know to look for it. So it's very helpful to know these warning signs from Obliger. So thank you, everybody who sent in your responses. Okay, Gretch, now we have a listener question, and this comes from Holly. She says, I have one question that I've been wanting to ask. I am also a questioner. Every (laughs) week, you and Elizabeth tell us what book you are reading that week. Is this really true? With your very busy lives and families, do you each really read an entire book every single week? Sometimes I can't even get a book read over the course of a month, and I love to read. Are these books you start but don't necessarily plan to finish? Are they just promotions or plugs for certain authors? Would love to understand this mystery. Mm, Okay. Gretchen, I mean, I can answer for you. I mean, you read more than anybody I've ever met. So you usually uh, read several books a week. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It, it depends on the week. And, and often too, uh, because every week I'll post a picture of myself with all the books I've read that week. 
But I sometimes might read a book over several weeks and I just count it in the week that I finish it. So Mm. if I have five books, it doesn't necessarily mean that I read five books from beginning to end in that week. It means that I finished five books in a week. That makes sense. But Alyssa, I will say the way our rule for the podcast is that we will list a book if we've started it or we're about to start it, but we don't necessarily finish it. Although we usually finish most books. I think I abandon more books than you do, is my impression. Yeah, I think I still have the obliger thing of even though I tell myself I don't have to finish a book, I feel very guilty if I don't finish a book. And I have a hard time starting another book when I haven't finished a book. So I do tend to finish them. And a lot of them I'm listening to. So Mm -hmm. I can listen when I'm brushing my teeth. I listen in the car. I can listen when I'm walking the dog. So that's how I get a lot of books read. And I mean, my reading has increased dramatically since I got into audiobooks. So that would be my answer to that. And then there are times, uh, if you listen to the podcast, where I'll still be reading a book for more than one week. I'll say I'm still reading Dutch House by Ann Patchett or something. And I, you know, it will take me more than a week. Or if I'm really busy show running oftentimes, that's when I'll go several weeks with the same book. So that would be my answer. To me, the great mystery of my life is when do I read? Because I feel like I have almost no time to read, except for sometimes on the weekend where I will like read for many hours if I can. I feel like I'm never reading. And yet I do finish books. So this, I just cannot figure out how that happens, yet it does happen. But I will say this, we're never just promoting something or plugging no. something. These are our true, and if you pay attention, you will you can see our preferences because we have types. You're like, oh, Gretchen's reading another Diana Wynne Jones about a magic whatever universe. Is, you know, that's, that's what I'm reading. But I will post links in the show notes to a couple of posts that I've written and a couple of podcasts that we did about how to get more reading done because we had read 21 and 21 and we know everybody tried to read for at least 21 minutes in 2021 and we know how much people love to read but it's very speaking to your routines it's very easy for reading to fall out of a routine even for people who love to read this is many many people's experiences and so this is a great example of if you love to read and yet you're not getting any reading done think about okay well how are some ways that maybe I can incorporate this into my daily life so that I do get that time to read whether it's by listening to it or waking up early and reading I have a friend who does that, who wakes up an hour early, so he just has time to read for fun every day. Anyway, so I'll post a bunch of links to that, whether Holly or anybody else is interested in tackling that, because reading is so great. It's something that can make us so happy. That's why we mention it, to remind everybody how fun it is to read. Right. Coming up, I give myself um, an annual demerit, but first this break. (laughs) When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And this is an even-numbered episode, episode 446, which means it's your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes. So, Gretchen, I find myself giving myself this demerit every year. We all have these demerits. (laughs) Yes, in September, which is not paying attention to the back-to-school emails. Mm -hmm. So just not reading the email that says what we need to get and what meeting I need to attend and the supply list, and what forms need to be filled out. I don't know if it's, you know, the kid in me that just wants summer to continue, Mm -hmm. and so I'm in denial, and I don't want to dive in, or if I just don't like the paperwork of it all. But I really uh, can be remiss with all of this school stuff, and I need to get better about it. But I was filling out the, you know, last of the 15 medical forms like oh, five gosh. minutes before Jack yeah. went to school yeah. and getting the supplies <laughs> the day before and all of that. So demerit to me, need to put those, you know, write down the calendar, the important dates, all of it. Well, so here's what I would say. First of all, filling out the medical forms. I'm in the open door stage of life now. I will say that is one thing that I will not regret not having the opportunity to do, which is to like fill out all the medical forms. I love shopping for school supplies. That's like one of the few things I I truly enjoy. So I was always looking for that list because I'm like, let's go to the office supply store and buy school supplies. But can I just say, Elizabeth, part of your demerit, I think, is because it has become so much harder to do all this stuff. It used to be in the olden days, you would get a mimeograph sheet that would tell you what you needed to do, and you could just walk around and check it off the boxes. But now it feels like everything is links within links within links, and download this app and sign up, look up your password, and then things are like not loading, or this isn't registering properly, try again in a few minutes, or it just feels like there's so many layers to it. You can't just sit down and bang it out. Yes. Whenever I see the word portal, I'm just like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Not another portal, please. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. If somebody just handed me what I needed to do, it's the 
finding it. It is. It's yeah. like a treasure hunt that you don't want to go on <laughs> for this stuff. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So anyway, I give you that. Mm-hmm. I back you up in that sense. It's not fun. No. And then there's the thing where you're like, oh, it was there somewhere. I read something about how the first day of school, the start time was going to be different. Where yes. was it? And then you have to go back through every single thing because there's like the first day of school, the first week, your child's schedule. Well, and you know what else? We get emails from different parts of the school. So yeah. some are from the yes. name of yes. the school, some yes. are middle yes. school. Yes. Yes. So, you know, some are yes. the parents association. Yes. Yes. So you don't even know where you're looking. Yes. It is. I do that thing where I try to see who's, se- I search by sender, but then I'm like, what is the name of the sender? Because it's exactly. not always what you think. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yes. not to rant yes. on because it's a beautiful time of year and it's yes. the loveliness of the start of school, but that, that there are be, frustrations. There are frustrations. Okay, Gretch, what is your gold star this week? Okay, I'm going to be a gold star to my daughter, Eliza, because here comes a photograph in my phone of this super fancy cake. And she's like, this is a cake that I just decorated. I signed up for a cake decorating class. And just out of nowhere, she had never evinced any interest in cake decorating. Had she heard of us? I don't know. But there was like a two-hour class to learn how to do cake decorations. And she signed up and went and learned how to make all those swirlies and shells and I, I don't know. It was just, it looked so fun. Now I want to yes. do it too. And I just thought cake decorating also is one of these things. I'm very interested in the idea of creativity in everyday life. I'm, I think, you know, thinking about life in five senses really got me much more focused on tapping into the mm. five senses and sort of creative expression and colors and textures and all these things. And the case of cake decorating, the idea of taste and food and celebration. And cake decorating is one of these ways that you can be creative in your everyday life. Yes. You don't have to be a painter in a studio with a set of oil paints in front of you. This is ordinary everyday creativity, and it can add so much pleasure and fun and creative expression to our lives. So I was just delighted that she had the thought to go and did it. It's a gold star to Eliza. Yes, gold star. The resource for this week, I love LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Gretchen Rubin. Now that the fall is kicking into gear and we're all thinking about the new work routines and and work life as everything gears up again, I am kicking off a limited LinkedIn newsletter series that dives deep into understanding our work selves better. And it's a mix of looking at the four tendencies framework and also this amazing framework that Kim Scott has developed called Radical Candor that's all about giving helpful feedback. Kim is an old friend of mine. I'm a huge fan of her work. So we're going to be collaborating on these LinkedIn newsletters. So follow along all month and read the first newsletter. I'll post a link to that in the show notes. And again, you can follow me on LinkedIn as Gretchen Rubin. And Elizabeth, speaking of what are we reading, what are we reading? I am back to reading State of Wonder by Ann Patchett, speaking of Ann Patchett. And I am reading Martin Dressler, The Tale of an American Dreamer by Stephen Milhauser. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Rethink your daily routine. Let us know if you tried it and what you learned about your routine. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And here's a great thing to add to your listening routine. Every time you listen to the podcast, 
take a minute to email a link to a friend who would enjoy the show or rate, review, or follow us in your favorite podcasting app. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. So, Gretchen, I saw a picture of Eleanor riding a horse in Montana. Yep. Uh, yeah. Eliza and Eleanor have been riding a lot. They love it. They're so happy to be here. I've been hiking. <laughs> oh, good. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth... I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.